0: This is a glorious chapter, Romans chapter 8. It's life in the spirit or life in the resurrection of Jesus. And if you see it right, you see promises and blessings in every line. If you are operating from guilt, if you are still in the burden of uh, shame and fear, and then you'll see some of these passage that, passages that just don't seem to sit well with you. They seem to say, well, you'll die if you do this, uh, and, and you'll live if you do that. But it is a simple statement that Paul is making. He says, live by faith in The resurrection of Jesus, because that is life and peace, and that will give you joy, and that will give you growth. But to live in the kingdom of Adam, where there is sin, and death, and misery, and sorrow, and guilt, and shame, and fear, that's the kingdom of death. That's what we are uh, shown here. But then comes these marvelous words. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. And of course, we can add sons and daughters of God here. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons and daughters of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry, Daddy, Father, My goodness, what is this? This is just marvelous. Now, let's dwell on this point. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. I want to tell you that if you live in legalism and perfectionism, you will think you did, in fact, receive the spirit of fear. Because I know from my own experience that when I lived without understanding the gospel, yet being a Christian and living in a legalistic way, I constantly sensed, or what I thought was, I sensed the Holy Spirit saying, you're wrong, you need to get right, you need to shape up, what's wrong with you, etc. It was as if the Holy Spirit were nagging me constantly telling me that I'm not good enough and not uh, uh, um, uh, shaped up enough and not pure enough and not sanctified enough. And it was just as if the Holy Spirit were pricking my conscience continually with shame and guilt. Now, that's not the Christian way. You may think that your conscience is the Holy Spirit. But let me tell you something your conscience is part of your fallen nature just as much as your flesh your human your your emotions your 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 passions are you say wait a minute that's you you're on dangerous territory here colin you might be steering me wrong but let me give you a verse that shows what uh, shows you uh, what i mean in First John, First John, Chapter Three, John says this, "My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him if for if our hearts condemns us, God is greater than our heart and knows all now wait a minute." This is telling us something enormously significant and important. First of all, it's not uh, the word heart is being used as a figure of speech here for conscience. That's obvious, isn't it? Because it isn't our heart that condemns us, it's our conscience that condemns us. So let's put the word conscience in there, as other translations will. And now let's read it. And by this, verse 19, 1 John 3, verses 19 and 20, and by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our conscience before God. For if our conscience condemns us, God is greater than our conscience and knows all. Well, now, that's interesting, isn't it? There's our conscience, and then there's something higher than our conscience, and that is God. And God has within His hands the truth of the good news and the gospel and the sacrifice of His Son that He has uh, provided for the sins of the world. Our conscience doesn't know anything about mercy. It doesn't know anything about the sacrifice of Christ. It has to be taught about the sacrifice of Christ. So your conscience can condemn you when it doesn't know About the mercy of God in Christ, but something higher than your conscience is God. Let's read this again. For if our conscience condemns us, God is greater than our conscience and knows everything. Beloved, if our conscience does not condemn us we have confidence towards god well when does the conscience not condemn us when it knows about the sacrifice of christ for the sins for our sins and for the sins of the world now do you see how important this is Because there are people listening to this broadcast who struggle with addictions, who have not overcome, say, the addiction to alcohol, the addiction to drugs, the addiction to uh, food, uh, or uh, the addiction to pornography, for example. And what happens is that they find their conscience is continually smiting them with uh, guilt, with shame and fear. And it's as if they now believe that their conscience is necessary, it is essential for their conscience to do this, so that one day they will finally be able to effectively respond to their conscience and overcome their problem. What, in other words, what they're doing is using the guilt that their conscience is shouting at with them and. Uh, They are trying to use that guilt and shame and fear that their conscience produces to stop them from sinning. But, of course, we all know that when guilt overcomes us and we feel shut out from the loving, accepting, merciful presence of God, then things get worse because we become afraid. We have no comfort And so we run back to our addictive behaviors because they are an escape from the pain that we feel. And the pain that we feel presently is a conscience that is smiting us. So do you see why Christians are more likely to be in states of addiction than non-Christians or non-religious people? It's an irony, a shocking irony. Because many Christians, you see, have found the truth about right and wrong, but have not found the truth about God's sacrifice of his Son or the atoning sacrifice of Christ for the sins of the world. So they've got all this guilt more exacerbated, more imprinted on their minds by the truth of the Bible of good and evil, But they haven't found the atoning sacrifice of Christ that settles their mind. And thus their mind is now tormenting them with more guilt and shame than ever, which drives them more into their addiction. So the first thing to understand then is never confuse your conscience with the voice of the Holy Spirit. That is something that really needs to be taught on a regular basis, but unfortunately is not. There are many, many people who confuse the voice of their conscience with the voice of the Holy Spirit. And that is why they have become what I call neurotic Christians. Religious neurosis is the bane of their life. You see you cannot listen to your conscience if your conscience has not been informed by the grace of God it needs to be taught Now to give you examples of this I will give you a, an example that I've used many times before but it's and it's rather bizarre and silly but it isn't because it happened to a real person and she told me this in her presence in my presence She was trying to overcome Uh, eating habits that were making her 50 pounds or so overweight. She went to a a certain program that um, had the plan that you don't eat any free-floating fats or anything between meals and no sugars for 21 days. And if you uh, stay free for 21 days, then you can become the leader of uh, a small group. Well, it was about the 18th day and her son dropped in to bring her a birthday cake because it was her birthday. She was happy to see him, but she said, oh, oh, don't show me that cake. Put it in the fridge because I'm on this program and I can't eat any free floating fats and any sugars and anything between meals for 21 days. So he put it in the refrigerator and they uh, uh, chatted away and and, uh, then he left. But then she started becoming curious about this cake. I said it was a chocolate cake. Actually, it was a carrot cake. But uh, anyway, she kept occasionally opening the refrigerator door and taking a look at it and then closing it. And slowly she became obsessed by this cake. And then, of course, uh, after a while, she pulled it out and thought, well, maybe I could just have a fork full. Uh, That wouldn't be any harm. And so she digs her fork in, and as she's bringing her fork to her mouth, her conscience is saying, you really ought not to eat this but the more she hears this i ought not to eat it the more she wants to eat it because she's becoming panicky now from guilt and shame and fear and so she puts the fork in her mouth with the uh, a b- bit of carrot juice on it, a carrot cake on it and then she digs in for another uh, bite because she feels worse than ever and now she's so stricken by guilt and shame and fear she eats the whole cake <laughs> i know it's it's Funny, if you haven't heard it before, of course if you've heard it before, you're rolling your eyes and saying, Not again, Colin, surely. But anyway, it's that state of guilt and shame and fear that brings her to the place where she loses control. And then what do you think she does? She runs down to the cellar and opens one of her jars of jam that she has made and she eats the whole jar of jam without any butter, without any bread or butter the whole thing. Well, what was happening? She was listening to a stricken, wounded conscience that is so ready to smite her with shame and guilt. And if you don't know the gospel, to superimpose it on your conscience, then you will not find the peace of God. So look, Back to the verse in chapter uh, 8, verse 15. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear. If this program has briefly enlightened you then maybe you need to speak back into your conscience and say, I'm not going to listen to you conscience because you do not know the good news of my Savior Jesus Christ. You don't know that my sins have been atoned for. You do not know that there is no guilt that is afflicted upon me anymore by Jesus or my Father in heaven. You don't know that I'm freed from my human nature and it's counted as dead. And therefore I declare it to you that... You have no right over me. I will listen to a conscience only that is bathed in the mercy of God. Wow. That's what we want to hear. That's where the good news really hits home, do you see? For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption. You are adopted. And you can cry out, Daddy, Father, that's if, verse 15 of chapter 8. And when you do and as you do and continue to do, you will find a conscience that is now speaking peace to you and that is bringing more healing to your soul and more victory over your addiction. Well, I'm glad you tuned in today, and I hope you got a blessing from that. Colin Cook here and how it happens. You can hear this program any time of the day or night. Repeat it as many times as you want on your smartphone. Simply download a free app, soundcloud.com or podbean.com, and key in how it happens with Colin Cook when you get there. And would you consider, please, a donation to the program to keep it on the air now in its 26th year? You can send your donation to FaithQuest, P.O. Box 366, Littleton, Colorado, 80160. Thanks so much. See you next time. Cheerio and God bless.